the issue of efficiency at the Khan Court or the lack thereof. We know that the Constitutional Court is the highest court in the land and we know that huge responsibility has rested on their shoulders, particularly in recent years when um, you know other arms of the executive have not been working as they should be. Um, but, but there was still... A goal. There was still a goal that the the uh, the Chief Justice Mokhing Mokhing set of having all cases wrapped up, every case wrapped up within a period of three months. And that actually hasn't happened. Daily Maverick spoke about it today. In fact, they republished an article that was in Ground Up and they spoke about this decree that Mohueng made that all judges must try to hand down their decisions within three months. Uh, But essentially, Ground Up went on to do an analysis of the cases, uh, just having a look at how long each case takes on average. And essentially, they said that Mohueng and his judges don't practice what they preach and they go on to say there's a steady decline in efficiency in the constitutional court let's find out what it's all about the editor at ground up nathan geffen is with me as we speak nathan good afternoon to you and thank you so much for your time so so tell me what what sort of information uh, has has come to light that suggests to you the constitutional court is taking a lot longer to deliver judgments than it should Okay, so um, just to give people an idea, in 2016, it was taking about 106 days or three and a half months for the Constitutional Court on average to deliver a decision. Uh, This year, it's been taking over 200 days or over six months to do so. And in one case, uh, known as the Pridwin case, um, delivered by Judge Tehran, it it, it took a year for judgment to be delivered. and the excuse offered by um, the spokesperson for the Chief Justice um, is that there was a constitutional amendment made, uh, the 17th Constitutional Amendment, which substantially increased the jurisdiction of the Constitutional Court. So that besides listening to constitutional matters, the court also has to listen to matters of general public importance. So, so in other words, more cases are coming to the Constitutional Court. The problem with that excuse is that it doesn't really make sense because that constitutional amendment went through in 2013. And in fact, in 2016, uh, the time being taken for per, per case wasn't bad, just over three months on average. Um, but it's, it's declined terribly since then. And there'd be no constitutional amendments between 2016 and 2020 that affect uh, the time that it should take for the court to do this. Um, so, so we haven't really heard any particularly good excuse as to why it's happening. Um, the court is very, very well resourced. Uh, all the judges, unlike other courts, have clerks. Um, it, it has a very good library. Uh, there's nothing that these judges are short of. Now, they might say that they get lots and lots of petitions and they have to deal with these petitions and, and, and they're getting more petitions. But so does the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein and they are highly efficient at what they do. They've got a good system going. Why doesn't the Constitutional Court look to the system that the Supreme Court in Bloemfontein is using and, and use the same system? So, so that's a very good question indeed. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested to know what it is about the Supreme Court's ability to get these judgments through as efficiently as possible that the Concord could potentially adopt. Well, um, so a a lawyer was explaining it to me earlier today, and and apparently the way the Supreme Court does it 
is that they assigned two judges. They've got, they've got about 20 judges there. They, they're amongst them, the work is divided up. And, and each petition is looked at by two judges. And if both judges believe that the petition shouldn't go any further, then, then it doesn't go any further. Um, uh, some, the petitioner still has the opportunity to appeal to the, to the head of that court. But by and large, that, that process speeds up um, the work quite dramatically. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how to put this tactfully, but the Supreme Court's judges actually have a reputation for working hard. That's, that's an interesting comment indeed. And, and, and I was going to ask you this because you've mentioned there are 20 of them. We know there are only 11 constitutional court judges. Does it not have to do with the size of the complement, Nathan? No, I don't think it's a fair excuse because, first of all, the Supreme Court gets a lot more uh, petitions. And secondly, uh, they don't have, uh, the, the judges, they don't have clerks helping them out. Uh, I mean, sorry, they do have clerks at the Supreme Court, but no one judge has their own clerk. At, at the Constitutional Court, each judge, a judge has two clerks, and they're, uh, they're generally extremely able people, the clerks. They're, they're the best students in the country, um, the best graduates in the country who are applying for, for those positions. So there really isn't um, a, a fair excuse for what's happening at the court, and there's no excuse for why it's actually getting worse and worse and worse. I'm just interested to know, I mean, the, the kind of material that comes before the Constitutional Court for, for consideration, we know that this is the, the highest court in the land and the last the last frontier, really, in terms of justice that can be offered to any one individual or organization. Is, is it not that that process of deliberating over something that important and, and something that groundbreaking that potentially has no no other form of recourse except that court, except in that court, I should say, uh, that that sure. perhaps delays the judgment to some extent. Sure, it's a fair question, but then that, how does that explain why um, it's getting worse? And and surely um, uh, the need to deliberate and come to a good decision must be balanced against the need to, for justice to to be administered in a reasonable amount of time as well. Right. Has this been addressed to the constitutional court for for, for them to give some kind of answer as to why these judgments yeah. are taking so long to deliver, Nathan? Yeah, if you read our article, um, which is published on our website and on Daily Maverick and, and on News 24, um, you, there's, we, we've actually included a long comment from the spokesperson for, for the Chief Justice. At, uh, in not both, uh, we've abbreviated it inside the article, but the entire answer is at the bottom of the article. Um, and, and as I said, I mean, they're, they're blaming um, this constitutional amendment from 2013, yes, but it, yes. it doesn't make sense to us. All right. Thank you so much for putting us in the picture there. Nathan Geffen, he's the editor at Ground Up, speaking about the duration that uh, cases take to conclude in the Constitutional Court and uh, saying, you know, this is not the norm, this should not be the norm, especially given that the Chief Justice, Mokhoeng Mokhoeng, has decreed that the judges must try to hand down their reserved judgments within three months. He gave a very good example in that Pridwin case. That Pridwin case went on for years. And the case is now moot, as we remember, because we covered that case on this on this show and the children have long left that school. Um, you know, everything has moved on. And unfortunately, this case was not, you know, the, the, the outcome was not handed down until very recently, June 17th, 2020, when it was actually first argued in May 2019. So, so I mean, really, there, there can be no excuse for that. But um, why, if this is true? 
that judges are not doing what they ought to do, that judges are not working with the, the same efficiency that they are expected to in the constitutional court. Why is the Chief Justice not holding them to account? That remains to be answered.